Welcome to Leveraging Leadership, where we unpack the art of business leadership. I'm your host, Emily Sander, C-suite executive turned leadership coach. And today's topic is how small businesses can break through their first plateau. And this is where things have been going great so far. An initial idea has worked and you've built the business, you've grown the business to a certain point, and then things start to level off. And you're doing all the things that are supposed to work. You're doing all the things that you normally do. And maybe you've even added some marketing budget and you've approved some overtime for your people to try to kickstart some things. And they still aren't working. Here to talk to us about how to break through those frustrating moments is Dr. Kelly Henry. He successfully owned and scaled a business himself. He knows how to deliver true exceptional customer service. And he even wrote a book on this which is where he and I first connected. We were writing our first books at the same time. This was back during COVID, and we were working with the same boutique publisher. And so some of us authors got to know each other. And since our books were both on business, we naturally gravitated to each other and connected, and we decided to exchange book drafts. And um, I will tell you, <laughs> there is something very vulnerable about sharing the very first draft of your very first book with someone else for the first time. And Kelly was that person for me. So I remember we exchanged book drafts. He was much further along in the process. So his draft was, was looking really good. And I gave him a few notes, but mine was literally like the first draft. It was a rough cut. And, uh, he was very gracious and he was, um, just, just, great about giving me feedback and notes and working with me throughout that whole process. So I've always remembered that and really appreciated how he did that. So I have it on good authority that he is an actual good person, and he's also a fantastic resource, especially for small businesses. So with that said, here is the conversation with Kelly. Kelly Henry, it's good to see you, sir. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you doing, I'm doing great. We actually have, we just moved. And so the, we have a beautiful skylight. That's the biggest skylight I've ever seen except for when the sun goes over it, it acts as a magnifying glass. So that little atrium entertainment room turns into a hot yoga studio. So we're <laughs> figuring out how that works. But other than the that, pet, um, <laughs> area. yeah, head on to there. Yeah, we'll just go in there and, and exfoliate. Um, anyway, it's so good to see you. And you and I have been in touch for, for a few years now because we were in the same writing cohort when we were doing our very first books. <laughs> which seems like a lifetime ago, but you were doing your Define and Deliver Exceptional Customer Service book, and I was doing Hacking Executive Leadership. So um, I still want to thank you for reading a very <laughs> early and rough draft of that book and providing some gracious feedback. So I always remember how uh, how generous you were with that. So thank you again. Well, likewise, you did the same for me. So we were, we were in the same boat. We knew what we were doing there. So <laughs> that, that, I appreciated the feedback you gave me on my book as well. Absolutely. Well, I would absolutely recommend that book to anyone. I've worked and led in customer service teams, and I've obviously been on the receiving end of customer service. And it's really hard to capture that X factor of customer service. Like, how do you articulate that? But people know it when they see it. And I'm not, I'm not just saying this because you're here, but your book has done the best job out of any book I've read on capturing that X factor and what that is. So I would highly recommend that to anyone who's interested in customer service. Um, but uh, but you, have, you, you are still doing that and customer service is a huge part of business. But now you're working with founders, owners, 
senior leaders of startups or small to medium businesses. And you're, you're, at, you're helping them at that point where they scale to a certain point and then they hit a plateau and they keep trying to do the things that are supposed to work and they, they're stuck. So tell us a little bit about how you come in and work with them to, to continue to scale and grow. Absolutely. So ultimately what they've done is, is grown to a certain place where they, um, they, the thought, the mentality is if I just keep doing more and more, I will gain more and more. Uh, but there's a limit. There's a bottleneck with that mentality. And that's typically where the plateau comes in. So, uh, from a business owner standpoint, they're doing everything and all things. And, uh, you know, they have, do have a team and some team members and, you know, it's helping to generate a certain amount of revenue and productivity and efficiency and whatnot. But that owner is still the big, the big piece, the big cog in the, the wheel of the uh, the uh, the uh, entity, the business, and uh, there's just so much time in the day, so much effort, so much energy that that uh, owner can put into their business um, until it gets to the point where they just can't do anymore, and that's where that that plateau typically happens, um, along with the the chance of burnout and frustration and those type of things. So that's where I come in, and we start looking at a business from a standpoint of Scaling, which is actually doing less to gain more. We want to look at all the processes, but we specifically want to free up um, the owner from the kind of the shackles of being the person driving uh, the business entity. We want to put in key people. We wanted to put in systems and then the metrics where they can, the owner can uh, monitor what's going on, but not being the, the active the active ingredient in the business so they can scale and and, uh, continue to expand as they usually as they're dreaming or have dreamed. You said a lot of great stuff there. And something key is doing less for more, which is almost the opposite of how most entrepreneurs or business people think, which is, I have to work harder. I'm I'm not getting those results, so I must put in more hours and and do more. So how do you um, get them to to transition to that new approach. I love and uh, preach and teach and uh, drive this into my client's head, the 80-20 rule, the Pareto uh, principle, um, and uh, Pareto principle, excuse me. Um, and really that's a, uh, just a, it's a great principle just for, I mean, you apply it to so many things in life because it's so applicable, but for the business sense, it just, to look at and start using the 80-20 rule in all the different systems of the business. Um, so from the owner standpoint, look at look at their activities um, and what they are doing um, and, and classify them as, okay, what is the 20% of things I'm doing that's really creating the 80% of impact? Okay, well, what about the 80% that I'm doing that doesn't need to be done, or certainly I don't need to be doing delegating and and start loosening those shackles and delegating things out. You know, let's let's use the eighty twenty rule as it's related to you know uh, the sales, the marketing, uh, the efficiency of the office. I mean, again, you can use it basically through every process and and procedure in a business and start just narrowing that down, narrowing the uh, 
the different pieces of the business down to create that efficiency, but also to create the profitability and, uh, again, free of time. And that's, that's, it, it's so eye-opening and it's, it's, you know, it's fun to see an aha moment with you know, my clients when they, they start grasping that idea that, uh, wow, uh, I've worked with an insurance agent here locally. And, uh, you know, when I started working with them, he had his finger, his hand in everything. You know, he was doing home and auto and life insurance and Medicare, commercial real estate and a couple other things. And so over the last year and a half, we just narrowed it down, narrowed it down, narrowed it down. Now he's doing life insurance and commercial real estate. And he has, uh, he, these 500, uh, well, he's, how much is the percentage? Anyways, he's grown, uh, close to a million dollars in the last year and a half. So by wow. using these principles. So anyway, it's just, just a small example there, but it's fun. Like I said, it's, Help them grab that idea and that light turn on and go, hey, there's, there's a different way to do this. <laughs> you mentioned shackles a couple times. And a lot of times people don't know they have them on and they don't know a different way to operate. And it sounds like you take them from, hey, they might not know what it looks like. So if someone doesn't know what it's supposed to look like or what it could look like, all they have is what they've done before. So they keep spinning their wheels. How it sounds like almost sometimes it's not a, a notion of adding more. It's what can we take away? And you yourself, founder, might be the piece you have to remove or or lessen. So talk a little bit about that. No, that's a great that's a great point. And then basically you just said it. It's it's you know doing less to gain more. Um and those shackles and, and like you said earlier, you know, the the entrepreneur, the you know, the owner Typically, it's just in that mindset of grind, 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 do more, do more, do more, do more, do more. Um, you know, how can I, you know, what can I add? What can I keep doing? How can I, you know, keep adding pieces up to it? But that again is, um, there's a limit to that, you know, time, energy that uh, we all are limited by. So it, like you said, it goes against, you know, just what we, typically perceive is what we need to be doing. No, let's back up and let's take away to gain more. Um, and it's, again, like I just said, it's a, it's a great moment for them to understand that and start grasping that idea. But again, it's just, you got to show them that, no, let's, you're, you're the bottleneck. You're, you're doing more and more is actually hindering you from <laughs> eating more and more. So uh, let's, let's, let's look at this differently. And, it's almost uh, like, yeah, sorry. It's almost like the ba back to basics. Let's like zoom out and get back to basics here. Um, and then it was really interesting. You were mentioning going through the different functional areas of the business, you know, marketing, finance, operations, all these things. And is it a matter of um, like aligning the person you're working with to what they're best at or what the needs of the business are most? Or how do you organize that? Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, typically, you you, you know, Sometimes what they're best at isn't necessarily what, uh, you know, they can't just focus on that. Sure. Uh, depending on the dynamics of the, the business. So um, if, if that's possible, we will set them in that. But it's more importantly, what are your one, two, three, four top areas of or actions that you should be taking on a daily basis that drives that greater output? Um, okay. And then let's say, 
in those actions as much as possible throughout the day or throughout the week. You know, there's fires to be put out, there's situations, there's always things arise that you have to deal with. Um, and you can deal with those, but let's see the set specific times to, you know, the golden hour or whatever you want to call it, where you're just on these topics uh, or these actions um, and making sure we're, we're driving the output by staying focused here as long as we can, as much as we can, as often as we can. So, um, and then you do that throughout your whole entity with all your team members and help them to understand, you know, this is your, these are your top tasks. These are the things that drive us forward. Uh, and sometimes you shift tasks from somebody to somebody else, and depending on the different uh, parameters and the different uh, uh, titles and the different uh, job duties. Uh, but again, bringing that awareness to everybody else. And what's funny is, you know, a lot of times you'll, you'll find out that, you know, Susie thought Jimmy was doing this and this, and Jimmy <laughs> thought Susie did this, and there's a gap, and you know nobody's doing anything, and so that can be eye opening too. That hey, nobody's doing these top tasks for some reason, so it's uh, it's interesting to see that and to bring awareness. Really, and that's what I do as a coach. Um, I bring awareness. Is, Absolutely. Is what I'm too. Um, like I said, you mentioned, you know, it's that relieving those those shackles, and you do the same thing, and. Um, and they don't even know they have shackles on themselves until you bring awareness and there's a different way. And like, hey, this, this is fun. This is this this brings hope. Really, is what it amounts to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, we're hope for hope bringers. Yeah. yeah. Um, the visual when you were describing that the visual that came up is uh, a swimming pool and like get in your lane. So first know your lane and then stay in your lane. And versus everyone just doing a free for all, like a free swim in every single direction across the pool. Um, so I'm really curious, how do you, you know, with every organization, there's similar variables, right? But it's it's different for each individual organization um, and each personality you're working with, et cetera. So how do you go about defining, okay, here are the top priorities for you, CEO, founder, owner. And then you mentioned the other people in the organization. Okay, Susie, so here's your top priorities. And they might overlap or align with the business owner's top ones, but they might be slightly different. So how do you go through and really identify those for people? Well, that's that like to do it from both standpoints. So the owner is going to write out, uh, is going to identify the top actions that they would have for that, that person in that particular job. And then you have that person in that particular job do the same thing, and then they come together and uh, and uh, communicate and see if there is an overlap. Um, but obviously, you know, you what the the employee team member might think is high priority. It may be five, six, seven, eight, ten down for the owner, and so there needs to be that communication and and that understanding between the two um of what what needs to be done and and again a lot of employees will you know we, we get caught up we all do to some extent get caught up in thinking that being busy is productive yes uh, you know in reality you know we we can do a lot of busy work but really not, not gain any any way in, in means of productivity and so that's a lot of what you know, or can do for his team and employees to help them understand that, yeah, you you know, you sent out 20 emails and did this, this, and did this, and that that's important to the business, but 
what really drives it forward are these, these three activities that you need to be uh, on top of on a daily basis. So, I think that's huge. Motion doesn't equal progress. So you can be moving a lot, but you could be freewheeling or going in a direction that doesn't help anyone. But, oh, I'm busy. I'm so busy. I'm doing so much. But the 20 emails you just sent, eh, they didn't really do anything. But these three okay. emails over here could have made a huge impact. So yeah, the 80-20 rule, that math doesn't work out, but you get my idea. So, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and then once you have these lanes or priorities established, and I mean, I think there are some places where overlap and duplication is bad, but sometimes it is, no, we want to have the top priorities and then align them throughout the organization. So having them aligned is it might be a beneficial thing. Once you have those established, the other thing I think I heard you say was keeping people accountable to them. So, hey, let's stay, let's stay focused. We've identified these, but no, 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 come back over here. Stay in your lane. How do you get people to get in the habit of doing that? That, that, that can be the, the biggest challenge, right? There. So, you know, <laughs> I see the look I, on your face. <laughs> you know, you, you identify those things, but then keeping the team accountable to them. So, um, you know, constant communication. Um, and then key metrics, uh, you know, KPIs. And it's going to be individually based on the person, but also the job and, the, you know, the different parameters there, obviously. But you need to have some kind of metric system set up that the owner or the upper level manager or the CEO or the whoever can check and see, okay, are we actually Stay in our lane, like you just mentioned. That's a great analogy to do by the by the pool. Stay in that lane of we're hitting the the actions that are driving the most productivity. Productivity. Are we doing that every day? Are we doing that every week? Um, because you should be able to see that. You will be able to see that through the the metrics and the numbers that come out on the other end. So it's defining those, setting those up, communicate, and then have the accountability to uh, to work with the team on here. You know, we're we're off. Uh, where are we off? Where are we not falling through? What are we not doing there? So, so it sounds like you know what gets measured gets managed here. So, uh, yes. So defining your inputs, like, hey, here's the inputs we think matter, and then let's see if they have the outputs or results we think. But the the piece in the middle is we have to measure them and then monitor them, right? So it sounds like, and I'm, do you do you uh, monitor them? Monitor the stats for them? Or do you set up the mechanism where they can self review? Do you stay on with them for a certain amount of time to do that? How does that work? You know, I help them set up the the parameters, the metrics, the okay. KPIs to help monitor that. So depending on what, to, you know, again, every entity is different. So we'll just take that up. So um, the insurance agent I just mentioned, he has he he set up a system of uh, basically points is what it amounts to. So uh, so you know, for instance, uh, one of his employees reaches out and calls his current uh, client base for policy reviews. And that particular employee is supposed to do, you know, X amount of calls per day and, you know, had to uh, check that off. Um, and he, you know, he'll monitor that to some degree, not that he's on every call or looking at every call, but he'll monitor that knowing that if she makes, you know, simple math, if she makes a hundred calls a week, they're going to have, you know, 10, five, 10 policy reviews per week. So uh, it's pretty clear cut. If they don't have that, <laughs> you can go back and say, hey, listen, how many calls did you make this week? And the account will be set up that way. But that's that's just a simple example. But, but it's, you know, no, yeah, that's good. Very simple. I mean, the simpler, the better, really. 
Yeah, for sure. And it's also a matter of, I, I imagine in the first stages, it's are the inputs we're measuring really getting to what we think they're getting to? So maybe it's, oh, there's a break in the process, but it's not where we thought. Is there some adjustment period or, or review period for that? Absolutely. So, um, and it's, you know, again, you get, you know, there's some overall KPIs and things that you need to look at to keep those, uh, keep those in mind outside of just the individual metrics and, and the things that you're, you're trying to monitor per position per employee. Um, so you want to keep that in mind too. But yeah, there's always an adjustment period there. Um, and, and making sure that, uh, and, and sometimes it's, you know, particularly for a business that is new to the scaling process and putting all these, you know, basically the system in place, uh, just getting everybody on board and, and there'll be some, some lag time, if you will, to, to see specific numbers. Um, and, you know, that's where my job comes in to say, hey, listen, this is going to work if you'll just follow through and make sure you as Stick the leader communicate and, and it's going to work out. And so uh, just like anything, it's kind of like pumping a, you know, the old uh, the old well uh, water pumps, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like my grandparents had. You got to pump that thing and pump that thing and pump that thing. Nothing's you don't happening. Know Nothing's happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just keep pumping it and keep pumping it. You know, until finally the water comes out. But if you stop pumping it after a couple of minutes, well, there's no water in there. Well, yeah, there is. You just didn't put in enough effort to. Yeah. Do. So you mean it doesn't come out perfectly the first time you do something? Hmm. Okay. Imagine that. So. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> stick with it. Trust the process. And when you have uh, Kelly helping you with the process, definitely trust the process. So in terms of when when people or companies hit that inflection point where they start to plateau. Is that a number of employees they have? Is that an amount of revenue? How do you, when do you usually come into these situations where someone goes, uh, you know, Houston, I have a problem. Please help me. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different factors that will play into that. Um, you know, but too many employees, too much overhead, um, you know, having to market more and more to generate same revenue, you know, levels. Uh, the owner is working much harder to keep at that point. Um, basically, it's where I said plateaued, but the, the level of frustration is is way up. And then, then that's where we come in. I come in and start dissecting what has actually created the plateau and then start putting in the process and pieces of the um, the scaling process. One thing I like to do though, even well, as we're putting in the scaling process is, is, you know, like you said, back to basics, we go in back to basics and we can, let's look at how we can generate some revenue, some profitability just here and now without even really scaling. So, you know, raising prices, cutting costs, um, you know, some simple sales techniques, some other things that we can implement very simply and, and efficiently that can start generating more revenue without adding more work to really anybody's play. That's, that's a good place where I like to, to jump in and, and show where we're, you know, we're making more money. I, I, I get, I, I remind keep is what I do when we start working through those forever. <laughs> well, that's uh, a great then, equation. Yeah, exactly. And then we start putting it in the scaling process to, to enhance and, and, uh, again, get that idea across that, yeah, we can do less to gain more, um, but also just give that, particularly the, the business owners that have been grinding or frustrated, give them that hope of, 
of time freedom. You know, yeah, it, it's nice to have money, but at what price? So, but if we can scale and you're making more money and you're working half as much, heck yeah, how, how valuable is that? So, um, and that's uh, that's the beauty of the scaling process. Yeah, and I mean, for someone listening, if you could work less and get more, how valuable is that to you right now? Seriously, how valuable would that be in your life right now? You have mentioned words like hope and extreme frustration and almost desperation, where it's like, I, I don't know what to do. So how many people come to you and are just in this state of kind of frazzled, like, I'm scared. I'm actually, I'm scared for my company and the people that are depending on me. Uh, do people come to you in in that state or do you get them, get them earlier where they're a little bit calmer? Where do they come in? Well, a little bit calmer than that. It's, it's, it's more when they're at a state of just, not necessarily scared, but they're just a state of like, I I don't know how long, much longer I can, I can do this. Do this. Uh, you know, I just keep putting more in and trying to figure things out and, and working harder than that grind. And then, you know, and and they can see the success that they've had where, you know, they, if it was a startup and they got it to, you know, a million bucks for a day. And there's, you know, there's some pride in that, but they, it, it's so frustrating that why can't I get it to the 2 million, you know, or 5 million or whatever the case may be, whatever the goal may be. And so there's just that overwhelming frustration of I'm, I'm tired. I just, why can't I get this to move along? Like it, like it should be like I, like I want it to be. Um, that's, that's what I hear fairly often. So. Okay. Okay. If someone, uh, were to, is there a way to say, I'm going to need Kelly Henry in six to 12 months? Is there a way to front run that where you're not in that spot of, oh, I've spun my wheels for a while, but I can be proactive and preemptive about it. <laughs> I, I would say any business that's been around for two years or more, Um, and, and has a good reputation is on fairly solid ground. Um, that's the time to start looking at at me or looking at the scaling process. Right. And like you said, be preemptive about it before you plateau, let's scale this, let's start working and, and see this for what it is that I am the, you know, the owner is the big piece of machinery in this business and and that's going to be a bottleneck maybe not now but it's going to in the future so let's start working through this process um, and accelerating the really the growth by the scaling process um, that would be the really that would be the best time to to start yeah. moving forward with this so. i can see the smile on your face well, please come to me at this stage that's going to be a lot easier <laughs> well it, it, it'll save you a lot of time frustration <laughs> Uh, and money. Uh, it, there we it, go. The there we go. A little bit earlier. So. Awesome. Last question for you. If you could pick one thing that business owners and business leaders underestimate, so that can be about themselves, that can be about their teams, about the process, just how critical something is that they just don't see for some reason. What would you What would you say to people to bring that into their awareness? Well, you know, I hate to fall back on this, but uh, my sweet spot is customer service. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's there. Businesses are aware of it. Most businesses feel like they have a good grasp and are doing well with it. The vast, the the reality and statistically, their statistics show no. 
the vast majority of businesses are Don't. at the very best average and most <laughs> of them fall below average on it. Um, but that can be it or not can be, it is such a critical piece of the life almost every business. Organization. Exactly. So, I mean, you could try to scale and you can do things in such a, a manner that, uh, scale, but your customer service thinks you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Um, and obviously you're not going to be able to grow and expand and scale like, uh, you really should be able to, but you put that, that piece of foundation to play. So, and that's something that, you know, obviously through my coaching, you know, we're going to touch on that. We're going to work on that. We're going to continue to enhance that, uh, throughout the process of the scaling because it's such a critical part of the whole, uh, of the whole piece of the pie, so to speak. So. And I would agree 110%. That is a huge, you, you, even if you think you're good, you can always get better. And you're, you probably have ample room or it's a, it's a large opportunity for you to improve in customer service. And it is the lifeblood of your organization. And it's the touch point with your customers, how, how you make them feel. So um, again, I will mention your book because I'm a huge proponent of it, which is Define and Deliver Exceptional Customer Service proven strategies to maximize your profit. So there, I just did a plug for your book. But if people have liked what they heard and want to get in touch with you, maybe maybe uh, they're past the point of when they should have spoken to you, or maybe they're preemptively, proactively reaching out to you, where can they find you? Best place is through my website. Um, and they can set up a free consultation call, discovery call, whatever you want to put there. And, and uh we can just talk, talk about business, talk about frustration, talk about, uh, you know, if it would be a good fit for me to work with that particular business. My website is biz profit boost. So B I Z profit boost, all one word dot com. Um, and you can see my different programs. Uh, you can also download the, I have a ebook on the, on the site that, can, that is a free download there. And then, uh, Scroll down to the bottom of the uh, the site, and you can set up a free consultation. Fifteen minutes, we can just simply talk about uh, where your business is at, where you'd like it to be, and uh, really just if there's, you know, it'd be a good fit for me to to work with that particular entity. Sounds great, and we will have all the links and information in the show notes, so please check that out. But Kelly, thank you so much for being on. We've we've chatted throughout the years and kept in touch, but never on a podcast. So this was our first one, but hopefully one of many. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Emily. I really appreciate it. And congratulations on your your first book and your new book, which is fantastic. Thank you. And, and uh, everyone should read that as well. So. <laughs> thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.